To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And Wine, Women, and Writing Radio. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and this is the show where we talk with writers about stories with complex, authentic women at their cores, as well as the issues that women face in real life and how those translate into great reads. And of course, we do it with humor, the occasional dive into profanity, oversharing, and irreverence, and vast quantities of coffee, wine, or whatever gets us through another day. Today, we have Cece Hunter on to talk about her poignant young adult novel, This Heart of Mine, which I loved. Welcome, Cece. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Pamela. I'm just delighted to have you. Now, is it okay to call you Christy, or should we stick with Cece? No, you can call me Christy. I'll I'll answer to almost anything, even hey you on occasion. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, for those of you that don't know, New York Times bestselling author Cece Hunter's alter ego is Christy Craig, the uh, longtime fabulous romantic suspense writer. So we're going to call her Christy. That's fine. Awesome. Well, the most important question first, are you a wine drinker? Oh, I love my wine. Uh, I'm red. (laughs) Don't 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 try to don't tell me that you know red wine doesn't go with chicken because <laughs> I'll drink I, I I I prefer to pair my wine to what I like versus what I'm eating and I personally think red wine goes with everything but um, yes I do love me uh, I love some wine I'm a cab drinker mostly a good Zinfandel occasionally so a good bottle of wine is is one of the best ways to celebrate life. I agree with you on that theory of red wine and pairing it with foods you like. (laughs) Well, in fact, when I was thinking about what wine went well with the show, I picked a cab because, of course, they're the most heart healthy. And that gets us to your book, um, This Heart of Mine. And like I said, I loved it. I don't read a lot of YA, and I loved your book. Uh, I noticed when I was doing some research that you called it the book of your heart. And I wanted you to tell us about it because it's just such a beautiful story. Oh, well, I, um, I, you know, I write to entertain. I generally don't write a book to inspire or um, and encourage people. Although every book we write, uh, there is this, this core inspiration there because whatever character we're writing about is overcoming something. And uh, I had been writing Young Adult, the um, Shadow Falls series, which was the paranormal, shapeshifters, vampires, werewolves. 
and uh, I had decided to move over to uh, doing something along the lines of a contemporary. And I had met with my editor, and she suggested doing something with a health issue. And my first thought was, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. Um, I write a lot of humor, uh, a lot of heart, but uh, and I thought, I don't know if I can write a, you know, someone that's very sick. And then it was like within an hour of telling her I didn't think I could do it, and then going away, it was like suddenly – I realized that my own life had come full circle and I could see a story that would be perfect because my husband had recently had a transplant and there was something that happened during the transplant that had uh, just, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck dance. And he had uh, just woken up from the transplant and he's one of those guys that never dreams. I mean, I have vivid dreams and he doesn't. And he woke up with a dream uh, the dream was that he would open his eyes and there would be an old man staring him right in the eyes. Oh, my and goodness. It was a recurring dream, and it happened like six or seven times. And imagine our surprise when later on we found out that it was a 65-year-old man that had given him the organ. So <gasps> it gave us gave me chills, and immediately, whenever I have those little moments in life when I think, oh, goodness, uh, there's always that little story element idea that comes in. But I, I had put it away because it was such a, um, it was a difficult time and a hard time uh, that we went through it ourselves, even though we went through, you know, holding on to our sense of humor. And uh, But immediately when I walked away from my editor, it was just like the story came. That was the emphasis. That that dream was what was going to provoke and, and give me the, inspire the whole story. And within a couple of hours, I had sort of a little outline in my head. Uh, it was the hardest book I've ever written. And not oh, I can imagine. Slow, but it was because there were so many real-life moments in there that I personally had dealt with and experienced. So it's, it's amazing when you write. And I always say you, I write from my heart because I fall in love with these characters. I get to know them. Their issues are partly my issues. Um, I feel their pain. But with this book, Leah's problems was more, um, I mean, I had just lived it. It was so personal. Um, And so to write Leah and put some of my uh, very difficult situations into a book and put the, you know, my husband's fears and, and pain and phobia that he went through and that I went through with him into a teenage girl. It was amazing, and um, I loved it. I, uh, you know, there were times, like I said, I I never will forget the, it was about a week into into the book, and I'm writing, and I went in to check my email at like 10.30 before I went to bed, and next thing I know I hear this, and I turn around, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm writing, and I'm sobbing, because so much of it is true. My husband looks at me and says, "Um, I hope you're writing a sad scene and not having an Internet affair. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) You know, and I look at him and I said, no, it's definitely a sad scene. Um, But that book, that's the way that book came, uh, was just punchy and pain, but but there's humor um, in it because I think any time someone is going through difficult times, one way to deal with it is to find the humor in things. And, of course, as in life, there's 
all sorts of funny things that happen, even when you're sick and when you're um, in serious trouble. I mean, if you look at life back, sometimes those are the funniest moments. So uh, it was a great book to write, and uh, it, I laughed, I cried, uh, but it was—it definitely was. It was the book that mostly that came from my own personal experience and more of my own personal pain. So now, has your husband read it? Does he? Does he? Uh, does he oh, read all your books? He does. He reads all my books. He he has to hear me talk about them. He never reads them until I get the copy edits. So once a book has been written and handed in and an editor goes through it and I've done the revisions and then they hand it back to me, this is the stage where he will read it. And um, I remember he was reading this book and he looked at me and I mean he's a crier, okay? And I don't think he's too embarrassed for me to say that. He will he cries <laughs> at Hallmark commercials. Just we're, we're a big crying family. But um, <laughs> so he cried uh, and he said, "I've never cried so hard in in one of your books." And I said, "Well, you know, because it was so personal." And he knew exactly. Um, and it, it's it's amazing how. Um, and he'll, he'll see something. He said, I know where you got that from. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, well, uh, he sees himself quite often in my books. But I think in this book he saw more of the, of the struggle that we went through. So, yeah, he um, it's, it's amazing. He does uh, love to read my books. And amazingly, and I think this is true, sometimes even as writers. Now, that book as I was writing it, I knew my pain. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I knew the story that, and, and the personal experience, but I think writers have a tendency to write stories all the time, and, and we don't even realize that we're writing from our own personal uh, space in our heart when we write something. And just I finished a book just uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and uh, it's in my next YA, and uh, I was writing. My husband walked in. I had tears in my eyes, so I'm telling him about the scene, and he looks at me. He said, oh, so you're talking to your own dad. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I had not realized the significance of what was going on in my life and in this book. Uh, and it was so true. I mean, you know, my my parents divorced um, when I was a teenager. And it was just amazing. And sometimes I think we, we don't even realize how much of our own personal lives and our own personal emotion is is just, it grows through a book. And um, so it's amazing. I love what I do. I, I can tell you love what you do, and I so agree about that, how you find after the fact that you put something incredibly personal in a book that you didn't even realize you were feeling or sharing, but the emotion was authentic as, you were, as you're writing it. Sometimes your, your story just knows. It just comes out. Um, no matter how hard you try to make it up, <laughs> things to come from that well. You know? I mean, I, you know, we write, I mean, there's romance in my books, and I tell people, you know, so much of me is in there. I mean, you can read my book, and, and suddenly you know what kind of guy I find attractive, because I'm not going to write about somebody in a book that I don't find is attractive. So, you know, the the heroes and the stories are like, oh, okay, so that's the kind of guy you like, you know. And I mean, so much of ourselves goes in there. I mean, and in, in this heart of mine, there was one scene particular, and I, I just remember this so well. I... Um, and since this is a, a, a talk with women mostly, I think I can say this. But, um, I mean, as, as a young girl, I had an accident on a boy's bike. And I had to go in to see a gynecologist. And I remember oh. being 
so scared as a young girl. And when I came to this point in this book, I wanted I wanted some of that there because I mean, you think about that. You know, you go in as a young girl, and I know today they don't have to go in like we did. It, when I was 17, and this my first experience was the bike accident, but the next experience when I was 17, I had to go in for, you know, you get your first female examination. And uh, so now it's like, and I wrote about that in this book, and um, it was it was funny because uh, it was crazy, and it was, but I felt like, Young girls need, you know, we all have to experience that. Why not put real life in there? And Ab- so it absolutely. Was, it's funny to, you know, go through a, you know, she went through a pap smear in this book, a young girl, and <laughs> it was, you know, and it's part of life. And so we do write about life. We write um, about story, about characters going through those difficult times um, of being a woman, of being um, growing into an adult in this case, uh, and I love it. I love experiencing life throughout my characters because I, I get to be a teen again. Um, and as terrible as that was the first first go round, I can <laughs> I can use all that pain that I went through. So. Oh, good. So it comes in handy later somehow. <laughs> oh, it definitely does. I think you know they they say you know grist the mill, and that's what it is. Um, Whatever we deal with in this life, I think um, we we digest as, as writers. And, you know, I really believe writing is art. Um, I know a lot of people uh, see art more as in the painting. and the, uh, But art is when you can create something out of something else. And writers create story and writers create characters. Writers create pain, um, happiness. Um, and I think that we pull from our own experiences in life, and we use that, the funny, the absurd, the crazy. Uh, it all goes in, and, and we paint a picture in a way with words and a story. And I just absolutely am – I grew up not knowing what I wanted to be. I didn't know it all, and now here I am and uh, creating story and characters, and I feel that I've found myself um, as a woman because I'm not one that, I know some writers, they were born with a pen in their hand, and by the time the umbilical cord fell off, they had their first draft. Um, (laughs) I definitely wasn't one of those. So, uh, but I found what I want to do, and I am so passionate about writing stories and creating something that other people can read and, and feel and experience, and that's amazing. I, I, I love that you found yourself in this because what you have to share is so authentic and moving, and I think that with respect to that pap smear scene that you're talking about, that it's one of the things that differentiates for me a book where I can really throw myself into it wholeheartedly versus one where I'm holding back because you're not holding back as a writer. You're yeah, diving you know, in. And, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you in that book, you feel her feet in those stirrups. You know, it's there. You need to, the reader needs to feel it. Um, and, you, when you put yourself out there and you don't um, 
you write the story that is true. I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, write your own truth. Uh, and it's so true that you can hold back from a story if you if you try. Uh, because sometimes we don't want to go there. Uh, writing is about it, it's about sifting through a lot of the things in your life that hurt you, that have inspired you, that have scared you. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I don't know who I am until I finish a book. Sometimes I, it's like, yes, that's what. So it's amazing that um, how you can find yourself in writing, and uh, write those true moments. Uh, and I, I know in book the teenager actually um before she's going she talks to her friend about it and uh her friend says you know they're you know i'm gonna have to spread my legs and they're gonna put something up there and the girl says well that sounds about like sex (laughs) (laughs) but that is the way it is you know i mean you have uh i mean through teenagers there's something about writing that honesty from a teen's perspective that uh, it's so refreshing, and I think as a writer, we try to do that always. But when you're writing from a teen's point of view, it is just this: everything in life is new. Everything and in life, it's brand new, and it's liberating for them because not everyone is giving them all the truth. They're still at an age where things are held back from them, so right. they get to read a book that is uncensored as to that character's thoughts and feelings and 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 they can really relate to that right right they can read this book and it's amazing you know i didn't like i said i didn't set out to write for teens at all i started to write for teens because i was writing humorous romantic suspense and an editor had read my work and called my agent and said you know we would like for her to write a young adult novel and it was sort of like I don't write young adult novels. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and it was like, well, and she told me, honestly, I said, you know, why do you think I can do this? And and she said, Christy, that one's easy. It's because you're a smartass. And <laughs> teens love smartasses. So yes. I was like, oh, um, in that case. But, you know, I did tell her my mama told me that was never going to get me anywhere in life. Um, <laughs> but amazingly, you know, uh, being that, because as a writer, I like going down to the nitty-gritty. I think that's where humor is found, is the honesty. Um, and so when you find that honesty, and, and who's more honest than a teen? Uh, so I enjoy writing from that teen perspective. And uh, and I didn't start out, I never dreamed that I would be become the writer who sort of um, inspired teens or but amazingly, they find the characters I write, because I think I do write from my own pain. I visited my own teenagehood, which was not good, and I've used so much of what I dealt with. And amazingly, you know, I'm not young, but amazingly the things I think that we dealt with as teenagers, even older adults, which not old, but older, uh, <laughs> what we dealt with is the same thing teens are dealing with today. It's sex, it's drugs, it's alcohol, and it's their parents. Right. And every teen, wherever you are in life, those are the things you're going to deal with because that's what's going on in your life. You're, you're, you're growing into a woman or a man, and that the whole sexual angle of becoming a sexual person is becoming who you are. And and then there's the people, their peers out there that are drinking and, and drugs, and then 
all of it becomes it's the same thing that they dealt with. And I think parents stop. I don't think parents understand that. I know now writing a young adult, I think novels, I think I would been a little bit better of a parent to my teenagers had I been doing it then. Well, that's an interesting insight, and I wanted actually to to bring up that I loved the relationship with the mom, with Leah and her mother, um, and the pink room, and and just that whole trying to keep a child a child, and 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 how loving Leah was in this book. And you tell the story better than me. It's your book, but I loved that element. So I'd love to hear about it from your perspective. Well, I think, you know, relationships are, you know, between our parents is something very sticky. Every teenager can tell you that. In Leah's case, and I, you know, and I could sit there and remember, how would it feel if every time your mother looked at you, you knew she was looking at you mourning and grieving already because you knew and she knew that chances of you dying were very, very likely. Um the guilt of, of looking at her mom knowing she's hurting her. And so Leah is 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 rebelling in a in a crazy way but because she's still a teenager but yet there's so much love there and she realizes that her parents got cheated. Her parents got cheated out of a having a normal child. And so she feels guilty and yet she's having to pretend. For her mother she pretends Yes, I am going to get a heart. Yes, I'm going to live. Because the likelihood she has AB blood and the likelihood of her getting that heart was slim. But when one crazily becomes available, Leah suddenly has to become now a girl that has to accept life because she had already accepted death. And doing that with parents and suddenly having, and we all know as parents how protective we become of our children, especially if they're ill. And Leah's mom is is a normal mother who is worried sick about her daughter, who now that is as a heart transplant patient uh, has to take certain medications. There's things she can't do, um, you know, food she can't eat. Uh, what would normally, you know, be something you you could eat a salad no problem, and if something was bad, it might give you a stomach ache or whatever. But in a transplant patient, to eat something that's at least a little bit um, off or has some bacteria in it, it can kill them. I mean, that's all there is to it. So, and Leah's mother is so protective, and Leah now finds herself trying to pull away. And it's hard for both of them because, like she said, her mother had been her touchstone throughout being mm-hmm. sick. And that relationship between your mother and a daughter uh, and bringing in the fact that I'm dying, um, it, it builds it. it. It grows it. And I think from Leah's perspective and her mother's, because I I want to, to believe that I created, Leah's mother looks at her daughter as one scene, there was one scene particular that just, when I wrote it, I just cried because it was like she was actually talking about, you know, I'm, I'm almost 18 and, and getting on the pill, uh, birth control pill, because she's met someone. And her mother looks at her and tears come in her eyes and she said, you know, for so long, I thought you wouldn't get to experience these things in life. And now that you are, and I know you will, I want you to still be, I want you to go back to being a kid again. 
because she wasn't yeah. ready to let yeah. go. But as parents, right. we all have to let go of our kids. And I think that was the scene that, to me, melted my heart because to see a mother accept now, you know, her daughter was not going to experience to have love, was never going to have an experience of of falling in love and, and having a guy and experiencing part of life and then to realize she's going to get that. But suddenly now she's back to being the mother going, no, no, I'm not sure she's ready for that. So, you're my and, baby. Uh, you're my baby. You, I can't think about you going off with a guy. No. Um, but I think, so I think it was a, a telling moment. It's uh, it's, it's certainly a, a raw experience. Uh, raising kids is one of the most difficult things in the world. Uh, raising a child that is um, sick uh, and, and you fear that will not live, it's just it's it's the kind of pain that you can't even believe. And I went through that with my husband, although I tell people quite regularly that have children that are um, do it, going through transplant or going through some illness that uh, I don't even pretend to know how hard that would be because dealing it with your spouse is completely difficult and hard. But when we have to deal with it uh, with a child, it's just that's not fair. A child's supposed to outlive us. Um, yeah, and, and as so, a mother, you feel it's your job. It's your, you know, it, it's not only love. It's this, you're the mama bear that's supposed to nurture them and bring them to to maturity and all those wonderful experiences. So it's a complex emotional reaction on top of being extraordinarily yeah. painful. I would think. Yes, I think it is, and I think you know, amazingly, the the relationship between our parents. You know, I always tell everybody. You know, I even do talks on writing characters, and I tell people, you know, you always blame it on your parents, you know, no matter what. <laughs> we blame it on our parents. Um, and we, so in writing books and, and in borrowing those parenting relationships, Leah's story was different in the fact that um, the issues of, of growing up and wanting to fly the nest and, and finding your individuality as a teen, it, it it became a different creature because she didn't think she was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so it was a unique perspective writing the relationship between a girl who thinks I'm not going to be here but it may be another year versus writing a teen that says leave me alone, I'm trying to discover who I am. Um, and that was a unique uh, relationship to write about. Most of my books are about teens trying to trying to find themselves, trying to – um, ward off that parenting that says, you know, I, I don't want you to make the same mistakes as I made. Because as parents, mm-hmm. that's what we want to teach our kids. And yet, in honesty, kids need to make their own mistakes. They need, if, even if they're the same ones we made. Um, we survived and lived and learned from our mistakes, and so do teens. So it's a different, uh, that book and the parenting relationship was a little different. Um, the one and I the just, invincibility. A normal teen feels invincible, and this is the complete inverse. So it, it just, oh, yeah. it was beautiful. It, I, felt, I felt it too at that exact moment in the book with the mother and, and the complexity of her reaction. If people want to um, read more about This Heart of Mine or your Shadow Falls books or the um, Mortician's Daughter series, where would they go to get that, Christy? You can go to my websites. Uh, I actually have two different websites. I have uh, 
the Christy Craig website, which is www.christy.com. And then I have CC Hunter, that is cchunterbooks.com. So you can find me there. You can read uh, the first few chapters of the different books. I'm extremely proud of uh, all of them, the series and the different stories of triumph over tragedy and um, where teens uh, come off looking, uh, surviving those difficult years like we most of us all did. So. I also have to tell you, and, and we're running short on time, but not too short for me to tell you that I read The Junkyard Cowboy recently, too, and just it, it, vintage Christy Craig, so much fun. Um, it was also interesting to me to see just a little bit of Christy Craig in this heart of mine. You know, as I looked at it, it was romantic mystery in a way. It was a little practical magic. It was a love story. And I thought, I'm seeing both sides of you in this book and even the humor in the face of tragedy. And and I enjoyed them both um, a whole lot. I, I enjoy writing. I think a lot of people ask me about the different voices. Do you, you know, writing for young adults and writing for adults? And I like to believe that it's the same voice just coming out from a unique character, one that's 16 years old or one that's 29 years old. Uh, of course, we view out different. But I, I see I see the same humor. I see the same heart in both of them. Uh, the Christy Craigs have more humor. Um, and the C.C. Hunters have a little more heart. Uh, and are not quite as sexy as the Junkyard Cowboys and the, <laughs> the adult books. Uh, but there's still love. There's romance. There's, um, you know, in those young adult books. There's uh, Because we're all human, and um, growing up and falling in love is part of life. And we start it when we're about 14, 15 years old, if not younger. Uh, so sure I see do. both of them. But, and I, I love laugh. I love giving my readers a laugh, and that's what I try to always promise them is even during some of the most difficult times. My grandmother used to say, if you can laugh at it, you can live with it. And I give that message to every one of my characters. I first met Christy, or I didn't, I don't even know if I met you, Christy, but I first um, had the pleasure of your sense of humor at a class on writing good sex. Um, and it was thrown by the Houston Writers Guild, and it was years ago. And everything that you're talking about now and the humor in your books and the authenticity came through so clearly with you as you helped your fellow writers um, try to find their voices in that, too. And I just I want to thank you, because if I didn't come up and thank you all those years ago when I came to your class, I should have. So thank you for that. Well, I'm, glad. I'm glad I taught you how to write good sex. <laughs> Thank you. I've been using it. I've been using it. And I also enjoy it. (laughs) I wanted to, um, as last thing, ask what's coming up next? What's your next release? It's uh, the next one is comes out in August. It is called uh, "Don't Close Your Eyes." It is a romantic suspense. It's about a girl, uh, a woman necessarily that with a repressed memory and um mm. I, I see it sort of like a little bit of Prince of Ties. It's a it's a very you know, a very dysfunctional family and all the skeletons in the closet of this one family. Uh and this young girl who has been estranged from this family uh has a memory that has been repressed and as it comes out, uh and it creates a um 
a, a place where there is um, a lot of mystique, uh, mystery, and uh, brings out a killer, um, even. And so it's a it's a story of um, a sort of a, a strange story of finding the secrets of your past and uh, finding the truth. And I loved it. It's got a lot of mystery to it. It's a little bit darker, a little bit grittier, but uh, I think it's a good story. I'm going to go pre-order it now. You've you Thank sold you. me. <laughs> Well, Christy, again, thank you so much for being with me today on Wine, Women, and Writing and for kicking ass and writing your great books. Um, really appreciate it. I have well, one exciting announcement. You. Oh, thank you. I, I forgot to do this earlier. Christy knows this is my first show, and we both survived. Um, I was supposed to say, and will now say that, by the way, our conversation has been a copyrighted production, solely owned by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. So there you go. And... Thank you, all of you that are tuning in now live or via podcast later for joining Christy and me. Until next time, here's to real women, good wine, and really great books. Thank you, Bye-bye, Christy.